I want to talk about Temchetmimim. Temchetmimim is connected to Chayelo. The birthday of the Lubavitcher Yeshiva, Temchetmimim. What happened was I, 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 I periodically talk about things. Every few years I go through all the different in Yonim and Hasidus and I do a, a long version of it and then every year I mention it. So I got a complaint from somebody who comes to my classes here. Why don't I talk about Temchetmimim? I, I said, I probably talked about Temchetmimim a hundred times. No, you didn't. Anyway, so yesterday I talked about Temchetmimim. And today I'm going to continue that conversation about Temchetmimim. You won't, I promise you, I promise you. I think you won't be disappointed. Temchetmimim has to do with the Friedrich Rebbe's wedding, the previous Rebbe's chasanah. The Friedrich Rebbe right on a Friday, Yud Gimel Elo, the 13th day in the month of Elo, in Tophereish Nun Zayin, 1897 in Lubavitch. The Friedrich Rebbe was all of 17. But already for more than two years, he was his father's right-hand man in Askarnas. On the Friedrich Rebbe's 15th birthday, the Rebbe Rashab made him a public servant. You know, like it says in Tanakh, Vayishpet es Yisrael chamishim v'chomei shona. He served the Jewish people for 55 years, just like it says by Ehud ben Geira and by Shimshon Agibet. Vuhu shofat es Yisrael. The Friedrich Rebbe was a servant of the Jewish people, mamish. An Eved Nirza, an indentured slave. He, was, he worked on behalf of the Jewish people for 55 years. So when he was 17, he was already Zokim uh, He was already a seasoned Askin. And he came to his father with the idea of making the yeshiva. And the Rebbe was hesitant. The Rebbe Rashab was not sure he wanted to do it. And the Friedrich Rebbe Tsukishtan, and he persisted. So he told our Rebbe, the Friedrich Rebbe told the Rebbe Zogazunzayim, the yeshiva is given from the zachen was nechav oiz gepoelt of chasenes. The yeshiva was a wedding gift. <laughs> I got my father to give the yeshiva as a wedding gift, and when he gave him, he agreed to make the yeshiva. The Rebbe Rashab said to the Friedrich Rebbe, "Zost wissen for the nemstazich, understand the responsibility. It's not a joke." The Rebbe Rashab told the Friedrich Rebbe, "Zost wissen for the nemstazich. You should understand what you're taking upon yourself." So Friday was the wedding. Sunday, Tes Vov Elul, the 50th day of the month of Elul, but this year was last Friday. There was a meeting where the Rebbe Rashab presented the idea of making the yeshiva. And uh, he told the people, he asked them first their opinion, and then he told them that he was planning to do it anyway. And the yeshiva opened today, Chayel. Wednesday, was that year was a Wednesday. This year, Chayel is on a Monday. That year was on a Wednesday, Chayel Tov Reish Nun Zayin, the yeshiva opened its doors. And like I explained to you yesterday, can't make yeshiva without bachrim, you know. <laughs> Where did they get bachrim from? So the tenets was ah, not the first day. The Rebbe Rashad, the there were yoshim on the Babich. There were bachrim who were learning on their own on the Babich. It was a normal thing that people who were benetayda, talmid chachomim, who learned in the yeshivas in Russia, they wanted to learn chassidus and not just learn philosophy, but learn that. They would take six months off from whatever they were doing, and they would move to Lubavitch, and they would live there, and they would be Isaac and Tera Avoida, and they would take Chsidis, and then this is how this is how it was. It wasn't like you trained a kid from 12, 13. They were men. In many cases, they were already married, even with children. They would leave their homes for six months or for a year, and during this time, they would be involved directly with the Rebbe, the Rebbe himself. And he would teach them chsidis, and the ikiris would teach them 
avoid as Hashem, to serve Hashem, whatever Hasidus teaches. And this is how the generations of great Hasidim formed. So from these Yoshim, they took 10 and they made the yeshiva. The yeshiva started. They didn't need any help. They didn't have any Rosh Yeshivas. They didn't have any Yeshivas. They had only Mashpiyim. The first. Taim Chatmimim was made for Bokhrim who learning in, in the very, very beginning were in Yiddish, they were independent. They were not in need of direction. And the purpose of the yeshiva was to teach them and yesterday I went through the Mashpiyim. There was the Behendel, and there was the Rashbats, and there was the Alter, and then there was Greinim. I talked about all of these things yesterday. I'm not repeating yesterday's conversation. The part of the story that I want to talk about today, of course, is uh, the mandate of Temchet Mim. The mandate. And then, of course, the legacy of Temchet Mim. The mandate of Temchet Mim the Rebbe Rashab announced when the yeshiva was about three years old and he spoke a long sikha and the sikha began with the Gemara if a person goes out to fight a war they would write their wives a divorce why? if he would be lost she would become an aguna so this saved them trouble and of course when they would come back from war they would make a chup and get married again if they were koyanim, a koyan can't do that, so they make a get out nai. But this was, there was a rule, kolak yeitzel mechamez beiz david get kisus case of lishtei. So the Rebbe taitched, kolak yeitzel mechamez beiz david. Somebody wishes to go out to fight the battle for the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu, get kisus case of lishtei, he has to be prepared to divorce himself from Yonim Gashmi. He has to be prepared to, to compromise, to to farkukun, to, to to not make it primary, the Indian of Gashmi. That's what the Rebbe Rashab introduced it. And then he spoke a long sikha. And again, I told this all yesterday. He spoke about two yoivlis, two jubilees. He quoted the Gemara. The, the Gemara says, In the Isa Deir Achadeir, Charaf Magadif, Tzapei Leragam Shal Mashiach, Shenema, Asheherfu Evech Adeshem, Asheherfu Ikvis Mashiachacha, Barach Hashem Le'elam, Amen Ve'amen. If you see two generations, one after the next, that are both apokursim, Wait for Mashiach. Because it says, Asher cherfu When you have a generation that curses the Abish. And then a second generation. Asher cherfu ikvis Mashiach. A generation which fights against the idea of Mashiach. Next, after that, comes Borach Avaya La'elam. Omri Omri Tzina Mashiach. And the Rebbe Rashab said, now it's over 120, 119 years ago, some chastated. That we're going to enter now to a period. There's going to be two Yavlas, two Jubilees. In the first, it's going to be Asher Cherfo Evech Adeshem, Apokursim. And the second is going to be Asher Cherfo Ikis Meshichacha, that when you mention the word Mashiach, they turn purple, orange, and green as if it's a terrible thing. So the Rebbe said, I remember, I remember being at the Fabrengen. And the Rebbe said, that's I remember the tone. It's, a, it's such a clear, it's a prophecy. If the Rebbe should have said in 1900 what's going to unfold, I heard of. The Rebbe spoke about it in 1985. 85 years after the Sikh, he said, Mamish was prophetic. It's exactly how it played out. And the Rebbe made a yeshiva. And the yeshiva was very, it was like a military, it was disciplined. The Bacham had to come, and the Bacham, I heard my brother told me, that I heard from Rebbe Mayor, all of our shalom. 
The Seder Temchepimim was 12 hours of learning. Not 12 hours a day. 12 hours of learning. They had Chasidis from 7.30 till 9.30. Two hours of in the morning. Then they had two hours for davening and breakfast. Two hours from 9.30 to 11.30. But the davening took an hour and a half. Like it says in Tanya. Now the Rebbe says that the, a regular minion should be an hour and a half. Our Rebbe said to take off a third to daven an hour. Halavai we davened a half an hour. But the, in the Babish, an hour and a half. So it was two hours for breakfast. An hour and a half was davening. And a half an hour they were eating. Of course, they were bochum with Maidech Betfila, which is another Pasha. And Nigla went from 11.30 to 7.30. They didn't have lunch. Straight, eight hours of learning. The last half an hour of Nigla from 7 to 7.30, as the expression is, the Mashpia Fakzog Tanya. The Mashpia would learn with them Tanya. And how did he learn Tanya? I was an altered. Rabbi Lechaim did it once a week. He didn't do it every day. But he would read in Taich. No, there were no Groy Sechadosh. Every single day for a half an hour, he would sit down and read. They would learn. Allah say that. They would learn. When I was in Yeshiva in Al-Tayda, the Belachayim taught us Tanya every week. We went through Tanya a few times. He would read two, three prakam on a Thursday. We'd go very quickly. There's a story, there's a story about this half an hour. Of the last half an hour, Sayyidina Nigla was Tanya, that the, there was a Bokher who was very famous. His name was Rabbi Simpson, Eliyachel Simpson. He lived here in America. He was another Bokhoshev. He had a brother who was less famous. His name was Rabbi Gershon Simpson. Rabbi Gershon Simpson had a disease, an illness of some sort, and it required him to get fresh air. So he went to his older brother. He says to his older brother, I have to take off a half an hour of the Seder of the Yeshiva. What should I do? So he told him, you've been here a few years. You already heard from the Mashpia Tanya a few times. So take off the half an hour of Tanya. So 7 o'clock, he would leave the Beis HaMedish and he would... By the way, 7.30 till 8.30 was a break, and then 8.30 till 10.30 was Chassidus. In other words, there was 12 hours of Limud, 12 hours of learning, besides for davening. 12 hours of learning. So Rabbi Gershon Simpson stopped coming to Tanya. The Mashgiach noticed, the Mashgiach was the Pshilim, and the Pshilim calls him over and says to him, what's this? So he says, I have an instruction from a doctor that I have to get fresh air. And I talked over with my big brother, and he says, the Tanya there's nothing new in the Tanya. Take off the half an hour of Tanya. So the Pshilim said to him, You can have any other half an hour of the day. This half an hour, Tanya, you have to be. So he started to reason with him, but I'm not learning anything. He says, this is not about learning. You got to be by Tanya. So this became an impasse. So he went to his older brother. <laughs> so his older brother went to the Mashgiach, Reb Shilim, and he said to him, you know, like, what's this? You know? So Reb Shilim told him the same thing. You can take any half an hour of the day, but you have to be by Tanya. And then Reb Shilim tells him the following. He was a very choshe with a very, very good head. And he would go into the Rebbe Rashab Friday, Shabbos morning. The Rebbe Rashab would say Maimir a Friday night. A whole night the Bokhra would learn in Chazad the Maimir. Eight o'clock in the morning on Shabbos they would go into the Rebbe and there would be Chazorah. They would, the Mashpia, the Pshilim would give the Maimir back to the Rebbe Rashab. The Bokhra would help him. The Rebbe Rashab would answer questions and make observations. It was a Tzir, Chazorah. So the Mashgiach says to him, this week when you go into Chazorah, ask the Rebbe. So they went into the Rebbe Rashab. And after the Chazorah, before the Chazorah, Rabbi Yechel Simpson went over to the Rebbe Nishma 
And he told him that my brother has an instruction from a doctor that he has to get fresh air. And I was him that he should take off the half an hour of Tanya. And the Mashgiach says no. So the Rebbe Rashab said the Mashgiach is Gerech. The Mashgiach is right. He spoke in Yiddish, he said. Tanya habichnish gemacht amezonemen in pekel. So Tanya daf menzayin. This is the quote. I didn't create the learning of Tanya that people should have new information. By the sheer of Tanya, you have to be present. In other words, it, it's, a, it's, it's about Yir it's about Hasidus, it's not about Limud. Take a different half an hour. This is the story. Anyway, but my, my brother told me that Avraham Ayar told him that from 11.30 till 7, that's seven and a half hours, the, shul, the room was big and it was full. You mentioned before the Shulchanas, I'll talk about it in a moment. He said, you didn't raise your head. He said, the Hasmode, the Hasmode, the diligence of the Bacharim. I mean, they were, not, they were better Bacharim. They didn't take everybody, but it was, it was Bacharim, young men. And in the good days, it was 300 men sitting in a room. It's a lot of people. He said, you put your head in your Gemara, and you didn't raise it till they banged on the table. And it wasn't the Pshat that you're doing the Pseskafye. You were so immersed in your learning, you didn't see the time pass. Instead of Ramiyar said, that was the kind of, the level of the Talmidim and the, the, the atmosphere was cool So I, I mean, this was the Seder, yeah? So I, I guess I'll, 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 I, I want to tell, tell you the story with some kind of an order. First of all, I told you yesterday that in the very, very beginning, the yeshiva was in Jembin, the winter of Reish Chas. Then they moved to Lubavitch. And then the yeshiva began to grow. They started taking more Talmidim. And people wanted to come. Many people asked to come to Ten Khatmimim. And the Friedrich Rebbe had to decide who yeah and who no. So they would come. They say that in those days was they called it Azman. Azman means Pesach and Azman means Tishrei. Twice a year, Bochrim would come to be accepted into the yeshiva. And this was true in all the yeshivas in Russia. Uh, hundreds of Talmidim would come and they would take a handful, 20, 25. And the Friedrich Rebbe over, there was a whole Hanhala. It became eventually a whole board of people who were overseeing enrollment and all these other things. But the Friedrich Rebbe was the Balabas, and he would decide who to take and who not to take. Eventually, they made Snifim, they made branches of Temchatmimim in other places. In Sedrin, there was Temchatmimim, and there was different places they made Temchatmimim. Even during the times before the First World War, the good times, they made Temchatmimim in different places. But another thing that happened over time was that they started to take Bacharim who were on a lower level. Bacharim who still needed teaching. Hadrach needed it, that's Malamdim. And eventually they took what's called Chadorim. They called Chadorim means, but we call today Mesif, the high school. In other words, the yeshiva expanded down, not up. When the yeshiva started, it took only Bacharim who barely needed support. They gave them a place to sleep, they gave them food, they gave them clothing, which was a chiddish in those days. Most yeshivas didn't provide you with anything. You came to yeshiva and you looked after yourself. They taught you tater, but where you ate was your business, where you slept was your business, what you wore was your business. In Lubavitch, they gave him room and board. They gave him the other room and board, believe me. <laughs> it was so poor. It was so impoverished. But they officially, they gave them the poil, they gave him a piece of bread and a shirt and a bed. There was a period of time that the zal doubled as a dormitory. The wall had like, you pull out beds. In the morning, they push them into the wall. And at night they'd pull them out, and they didn't use them. There was the same room where they learned the whole day, they slept at night. I don't know if that was for a very long period, but this was how it was. I mean, they were developing the yeshiva. 
they started with 10 Talmidim and it developed, relatively speaking, rapidly. And as the yeshiva grew, they became additional needs. One of the nice, sweet stories of Tempchatmimim was that there was a ladies' auxiliary. Tempchatmimim had a ladies' auxiliary, whatever they called it in Russia. Who was the head of the ladies' auxiliary? The Rebbe Rashab's mother. The Rebbe Senrivke. She was the Rebbe Rashab's mother. Achesa Tmimim is, a, is a ne- the next generation. The next generation. This was Lubavitch. Achesa was in Poland. The Rebbe Senrivke was the head of the women's group. I told you yesterday that when the Rebbe Rashab was thinking of making the yeshiva, he went into his mother to ask him her opinion. And she thought it was a great idea. So, so he says to his mother, Mame was villains, yes. There was no money. Mame, what are they going to eat? So she said, Was haste. Was middleness and villains, yes. Whatever we eat, they'll eat. There was like family. She raised money and built the dining room and the kitchen. The women built for Taim Khatmimim. There was a special building in the Chotzev, which was where they ate. And she raised the money and she built the building and I would imagine she had to make sure there was food also inside those walls. But the women, the Rebbets and Rivka organized that there should be places in the Bacham to eat and food to eat and so on and so forth. And the yeshiva began to expand. So there's the physical side of it and the spiritual side of it. And I'll talk about the spiritual side first. The spiritual side was that the Rebbe had a certain vision of a yeshiva. The Rebbe Rashab had a certain vision of a yeshiva. Um... When he took Elton Abacharim, they provided them no instruction. Nobody was teaching them Gemara. They were all on their own. There was a Mashgiach who made sure they came on time, and they were strict as I don't know what. But the Ikir was there the Mashpiyim. Like I explained yesterday at length, Tempatmimim gave them Chsidis, Mashpiyim. But as they started taking Bacharim on a lesser level, and particularly when they started taking Bacharim of a younger age, now they had to provide instruction, teachers. So there's a very interesting letter from the Rebbe Rashab to the Friedrich Rebbe where the Friedrich Rebbe writes to his father that considering the way the yeshiva is developing and they were taking Bacharim who are not completely on their own in terms of learning, that it's time for us to consider making a Arash Yeshiva. So the Rebbe Rashab writes back to his son he says the following. He says, 50 years ago, and the letter was written 120 years before today, so it's 170 years ago. He says, 50 years ago, the Talmidim had a lot of bitl. The students had a lot of discipline. The Rosh Hashiv would give a shir. They would listen to the shir. They would write the shir down. And then they would study the shir. And you have to assume that the quality of the Rosh Hashiv was also mistama, a little bit higher. He says, and by listening to the shir and chazring, learning the shir, they developed a derech alim, or they learned how to learn. He says, Bacharim today, they'll listen to the shir, but they're not going to chazr it the way they used to. They don't have the discipline. So the shir is not going to teach them how you're supposed to learn. So the Rebbe Rashab writes, my opinion is that today we need mashgichim. A mashgich is somebody who speaks to the Bacharim and learning where the Bacharim are holding. Not that he gives a shir and the Bacharim listen to him, he speaks to the Bochem. And that's what the Rebbe preferred, a mashgiach, who should go from table to table, or the Bochem should come over to him, and talk and learning where they were holding, ba'asher heim shom. But you have to understand what this meant. They had tables. I'm assuming the table was maybe 10 feet long. 
the tables had room to sit 10 people, I think, 10, 8, 10 people. In the better times, they had 30 tables, 40 tables. You're talking about hundreds of people. And there was one rule. The rule was everybody sitting at the same table has to be learning the same thing. It wasn't like today with the yeshiva shemasechte. Everybody learns whatever it is they're learning now about Metziah, Kedushan. Every table was a different part of Tehran. Here they're learning Yeredeye, here they're learning Chaysha Mishpat, here they're learning Bavakame, here they're learning Zvachim, here they're learning Echves Nishvos, Yevomis. As long as the boys on that table were all learning the same thing, the Rebbe Rashab wanted Pilpala Talmidim, that the boys should talk to each other. So, every, so you imagine being a Mashgiach. It's not the Pshat, you have to prepare one Mesechte to help Bachim. You have to know the whole Torah. Because when you went from a table to a table, you went from a world to a world. 30 times. And wherever you went, you had to talk to the Bachrim and learning with the Bachrim holding it. In other words, to, the, the Talmidim were on a high level. The Rashi Yeshiva had to be on a higher level still. But you had to literally be able to dance from a world to a world. As you went from a table to a table, 30 times. And they, was, they had a hard time finding people, but they found people, the Mashgichim, who would do this. This was the first innovation in Nigla. And then they had Chadorim, Mesiftabachim, younger boys. The younger boys pushed sat in a classroom and had a shir, just like we do today. And there was a Maggit shir, who would give them a shir every day. I don't know what it was, a blot shir. And then they would chazer it. I don't know exactly the protein, but younger boys sat. They called it a cheder. They were bar mitzvah boys, but they called it a cheder. They sat in a shir. So there's a story. There's a story, which I'll try to say, but kids in Nimrit that they needed a, a Rashi Shiva for the Chadarim. They needed a teacher for the younger grades. And they had a very hard time finding somebody. So the Rebbe Rashab said to the Friedrich Rebbe, as a bear stayed off from winter dick and schlaf, when they get kiddish, get finished, was a essen, lekter de egen elapis. A bear wakes up from his winter hibernation, he can't find food, he licks his paws. What the Rebbe was saying was, if we can't find someone to teach the boys, let's take one of our boys and make him a teacher. And that's what they did. We had a Rav. Dvorkin was our Rav. He was in that class. And they took a Bacher, an elder Bacher, Kid Gutlenen, he was a big lamb. And they made him a Magichi, a Ram for the Bacher and the Masift. Now the Sked, the Seder, they had classrooms. And the teacher sat with his back to the door, and the doors had to be open. Not unlocked, open. So if someone walked in the hallway, he could listen. So the Rosh is giving a shir, and he looks at the Bacharim, and everyone's sitting very, very straight, and very respectful, and then with red. He could see from the Bacharim that behind him is standing the Rebbe Rashab himself. Not the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe. He's listening to his shir. And he was unprepared. He wasn't prepared. And for the Gemara, if you, if you know your stuff, and you're unprepared, you just drop an atom bomb. He gave a Gewald Kashir, with brilliant, unbelievable shit, but the boys had no idea what he was talking about. He, he, he gave a shit to the Rebbe Rashab, you understand? Yeah, he was unprepared. Prepared doesn't mean to say a big Kiddush. Prepared means to talk to the Talmidim. So he gave it. Rabbi Shimon was from the Mitzvah in that class. I, that's, I, that's how I understand the story. He told over the story. Anyway, the Rebbe Rashab called him later. 
And he said to them, he knew, that he, he understood what happened. He says, Isaiah, if this was a Masnagdish Yeshiva, they would raise you, imagine a person giving a shir unprepared. He says, Do macht man der azoi. Oh, we push you aside. Deba was not happy that he was unprepared. This was the Tzadagash Heruchni in his In the Tzadagashmi, they made arrangements. I told you before, the Bachrim, the yeshiva provided room and board. The children, the Masifta Bachrim, had to have their own arrangement to do it. It was a big yeshiva, it was a big fanem. And there were all kinds of different deals that they made with the Bachrim, what the yeshiva pays and what they pay. And there's a lot of very interesting stories. I'm just going to tell you one story. Rabbi Blooming is here. There's a Yid whose name was Rabbi Avram Zaltzman. Harav Avram Zaltzman. There's a lot of stories like this. But Avram Zaltzman is the father of Hilke Zaltzman, who I daven with in Empire Shtibu, and his older brother, Beryl Zaltzman. So his son told me, it's, it's in his book, Samarkand, here's the story, that he came to Temchitmim at 11. It was a large family. There was no money. And somebody, a Lubavitcher, came to the shtetl where they lived and he, he saw the difficulties in the Mishpacha. He says, Give me your Avram, al It literally meant a, a one mouth less to feed. And he saw that this boy, Mekenef Lepes Machen. So he went to Lubavitch. Came to Lubavitch. So he had to go through Afarher. There's a Pratim. One of the Elter Abraham, he went to, he had to prepare for Afarher. So he went to the Shtibel, to the Shul, which is next to the cemetery. And one of the Bacham told him that at night the Mason come out and they check out the Mason. The guy didn't sleep two, three nights. By the time he came to Fahir, he was a shadow. So the Friedrich had ever wrote, Hanar oidenu The lad still needs his mother. He's a baby. And they're sending him home. He was very upset. He wanted to stay at Temchadmim. And he's crying. So the Bacham asked him, what's going on? He says, listen, I passed the Farhed, but I didn't pass the physical. You know, they're not letting me say, Meshikmenei. So they told him, you know, if the Friedrich Rebbe sent you home, you're going home. He says, only one way you can get out of it. You have to go to the Rebbe Rashab. Which is, how do you get to the Rebbe? So they told him what to do. He says, the Rebbe Rashab goes from his office to breakfast at a certain point, And you could run in and you could say something to him. So when the Rebbe went out of his room, he ran up to the Rebbe. And instead of talking, he started to cry. And again, I heard the story from his son directly. We heard it from his father. The Rebbe Rashaba Gehata Baritone. He had a heavy, a low frequency, strong voice. He had a baritone. It carries well. Yingele, he started laughing, the Rebbe Rashaba. Yingele was vain too. Young man, boy, why are you crying? He says, <laughs> So the Rebbe says, So why do you have to learn Dafkin Lubavitch? There are many yeshivas. There's so many other yeshivas you can go to. He says, No, I want to be in Lubavitch. And the Rebbe, so to speak, questioned him until he was convinced that he had a, a mature understanding of why he wants to be in Lubavitch. And then the Rebbe Rashab said, I'll talk to my son. And he stayed in Lubavitch. Okay, we're out of time. There's so much more to tell. Avraham Zaltzman. Harav Avraham Zaltzman. A baritone, yeah. People describe him saying, see this. His, uh, if you have a low frequency voice, you're like a whale or like a lion, 
That's all. It carries well. It's called a low frequency. A low frequency means a long wavelength. It curves around buildings. A whale's voice can travel 100 miles. So it's very low frequency. The Rebbe Rashab, when he said Chassidus, you could hear him in the whole room. No, this was called, it wasn't yeshiva, this was private. Yeshvim, they... Then, I think I heard you say that they chose 10 of those people. Yeah. That means that the original people in the yeshiva were married? Either married or they were sure 20. Some of them may have been married, but they were not children, they were not boys who needed instruction and discipline. They were... A yeshiva for them was a place to sit and learn. 